The VC Show is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, but you must be 21 or older. The VC Show, let's go, doing the part with Roz. We got the sports on deck for our audience. Whether it's big news, hot topics, updates, straight facts, storytelling, breakdowns, or special guests. VC Show, let's go, it's time to turn it out. The VC Show, let's go. Good people, go, welcome to the VC Show, presented by Caesar Sportsbook. I'm Vince Carter, and you know who's back? Yeah, she's back. The finals are here, and Roz gets a quick break, not a little break. You get a quick break and headed back on the road, but we wanted to catch up with you, Roz. How are you? Welcome back. How was your experience in the Eastern Conference Finals? I've, I've been seeing you in the background. I've seen you walking by the screen, working hard, like, hey, man, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having some time for us. I understand you're a busy lady, but hey, welcome back. I'm about to open up right after the finals so we can have, you know, a wax poetic on all things off season <laughs> on the right. BC show. Uh, but yeah, it's a busy time. I was out there covering it for ESPN. I've been doing all the post game interviews for Sports Center and doing the radio call for all the games with Doris Burke. And it was Dave Pash on the call as well. And um, it was fantastic. Um, you know, I thought we would be off and quick and maybe have a week before the finals. I was thinking about, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Nope. Uh, we took it in dramatic fashion to Game 7. And the only thing I would say was, like, the Game 7 was so um, exciting, finally. this We got there. Perhaps we were going to see history. The atmosphere was electric. Um, yeah. And to have... It, it turned out that way where, you know, this, it was a great performance for the Heat, but the Celtics, I, you know, they just really were Ran out of gas. That's what I thought. Yeah. version of themselves. Yeah. And so it was a little bit anticlimactic in that way, but, um, and, and somewhat embarrassing for the Celtics and how that beat that loss went down, but an incredible series nonetheless. So mm -hmm. just right now, literally <clears throat> just landed from Boston this morning in L.A., I'm doing a million appointments. I'm repacking. I got laundry going. And then I'm on another flight to Denver because media day is tomorrow in Denver for the finals. And I'm, we've got, it just is nonstop. I can only imagine what it's like for the players and the coaches on the heat having to make this turnaround. Uh, just think real quick immediately. I mean, yes, we won. Yes. Finals, whatever. They're already breaking down film, getting ready for the guys to look at figuring out a game plan, you know, when you're 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 the Denver Nuggets, you have time to sit back and you kind of game plan for both teams trying to figure it out. Because for me watching, it was kind of like everywhere I go, people are like, what do you think? Who do you think wins this? And I honestly, Roz didn't know what to tell him. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Because it's like, you know, all the, the, these historic facts and numbers you, you, you could throw at people uh, about, uh, you know, Boston being great when their back's against the wall. They've proven it, but not good at home. And, you know, the Miami Heat being good at home and then all of a sudden not playing well at home uh, on the road, excuse me, not at home, playing well on the road and and, and dropping that game and, and not playing well. And then you get to game seven. It's like, I don't know. I wanted to see a good game. I think it was just like interesting early, uh, but it was like wowing immediately. Jason Tatum goes down because it's, you know, and, and it's it's like the, always the what could have been, what could have been if what. What would it look like if Jason was 100 percent 
because he still, you know, was giving it what he had. I mean, he still was outrunning guys, getting layups. But you can see, it wasn't, like I said, I've always said this about me dunking the basketball. It's not going up. It's coming down. And you saw every time he, the time he dunked the ball, you can tell he was thinking hard about that landing. And I was like, man, I feel yeah. you, brother. <laughs> I feel you. So, yeah. um, but me, Roz, I'm good, man. I've been, you know, working a little bit, you know, doing some studio stuff and just staying busy. You know, you got kids and I got one graduating soon. It's like on to the next chapter, you know, it's this work, work, work. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to talk about the finals and, 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 and see what comes about this, because I think this has been a great playoffs. I don't know how you see it, but I think the playoffs have been fantastic. And I think as much as any person, analyst, reporter, whoever comes into this playoffs, like, Oh, such and such is going to win. Oh, this team looks like the team. Gonna, you, you, you're not sure. And very few people, I think you can agree with this, didn't give Denver their props until we watched until we watched them. They were like, "No, nah, right? They deserve it." So I, I just I, I, I like the un, like like the playoffs being so unpredictable. You're not right. sure. It wasn't a clear cut. Oh, this team's gonna go. Like you know, you know, years past, where were you? Where were we for the finals all the time? You were either in Cleveland when LeBron was there, or you were either in Golden State, you know, whatever. Because you kind of had an idea of where you're gonna go. Now you had no idea, which I think uh, made it fun. It made it fun. So before we even get to the finals, like let's take a quick moment to digest what just happened during you know Game Seven and the Eastern Conference Finals. What does the results of game seven and how it went down. What does it say to you about the Celtics and their future? It says to me that the Celtics have a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, you know, the frustrating thing for me, and this is probably the player side is to, to, to see, and it's, it's happened with a lot of coaches is to see a guy like coach Joe Missoula, who had great success in regular season, and he's still obviously, you know, learning the difference between regular season and the playoffs. And he was on, on death row first three games. And then all of a sudden he gets his team in position. And then you can turn on the TV because of their loss in game seven. You turn on the TV and it's still like, oh, should Missoula be there? Well, which one is it? Do you do you do you dislike him or do you like him? You you know you, you like the coach when he's winning. Do you, do you think that Missoula? I, I, I like I think the coach. I, I think so. every coach like Phil Jackson. I mean Nick Nurse is, is is a guy who okay he won in his rookie year. Got it. I got it. And then you know everybody can question how all that came about. I don't care. He still got the job done. He still had to coach his team to a win. I just feel like every coach is going has is going to go through tough times. Every coach has to go through these experience experiences to gain the knowledge and experience, you know, moving forward. I guarantee Joe Mazzula next year will be an even better coach mm -hmm. because he understands the moment, just like players, players go through the playoffs the first time. It's the first time, but you know, just like guys go through their second year, Ross, your, your freshman year of uh, uh, college, it was an eye opener and you adjusted, but your sophomore year, you're like, bro, I already know what to expect. I know how this works. And that's kind of the same thing. Now that you go through it, like I remember my first time, my first playoffs was against the Knicks and Jeff Van Gundy. <clears throat> and they threw double teams after double teams, sometimes triple teams at me. And it was just like, man, what is going on? Like this not what the regular season was, season was about, but it's just a progression. Like you learn that preseason is not like regular season. You learn regular season is definitely not like 
the playoffs. And, you know, and it just gets tougher and tougher as you go. Like the finals shall be, I didn't get the chance to play in the finals, but you know, I, I, I have a pretty good understanding of what, what it feels like and what it takes. And I just, I feel like Joe Missoula and, and his team will be better because now you have that same voice coming back into your locker room again, and he can learn from his mistakes. He, they, it's not like you have to go and learn a new offense once again, a la the 76ers, who will be learning a new offense again. You know, so it's just a lot of factors to this. And, and you know, I think you keep this guy in place, Joe Missoula. I think you got to figure out what you're going to do with Jalen Brown. That is that is now the key to all so of this. I, what do they do? I, they max out Jalen Brown? What do you think about Jalen? It was obviously a tough performance in game seven, which, you know, to his credit, absolutely manned up, raised his hand. and sure owned. did. He sure mm-hmm. did. He sure did. Um, he's he. My, I, I think up until to this, he was the the be, the best player. I think he was able to guide this Celtics team and Jason Tatum, who was playing, you know, okay up or down in the, the Sixers series and prior to. He was Jalen Brown talking about was outstanding, playing great basketball. So. I think they can complement each other. I, I, a lot of people, you know, heard today like they don't look like they play for each other. It's, I mean, I think that's just kind of the way their offense is structured right now. A little more ball movement, playing for and off of each other, I think would be great for him. At the end of the day, we can want what we want. It's kind of what he is feeling because he's in he's in the driver's seat. After, I, I mean, what he can make, <laughs> it's insane. It's yeah. insane. Um, I I personally would like to see them together. Um, you yeah. know, you make your adjustments to your team, but you know, you know, my, my thoughts on, on Jalen, you, especially when you think about the regular season, just put that in a bottle. I mean, he was, he had an all-star season. He was incredible. Um, you know, he needs to cut down his mistakes and his turnovers and that's probably decision-making. Yeah. His decision-making is, is a weak spot, um, in his game. And it's not to say that's something that should define his entire career. I Agreed. think with the right um, guidance and the right discipline and focus from him and putting in, him in the right situations, um, you know, that's something that he can improve. And, you know, you surround, um, you know, with capable players and sets where, you know, Veterans. that doesn't get as amplified as it did. And I think, um, you know, in general, when I look at this Celtics team, I'm not willing to say that their star players are not big time guys in the big time moments. They've all had huge moments when the lights were bright and when it was pressure. So it's been mixed bag. They haven't been all, you know, uh, they haven't all messed those moments up and they haven't all um, shined at the brightest. So like, how do you bring those players to a position where more with higher efficiency showing up as the best version of themselves in the most high pressure situations. And I think there that there's a component of that, that comes to coaching the ability to, okay, you recognize that your, your team somehow is like losing hold or grip of the game of the situation. How do you stop the bleeding? I also think too, like, unlike the, unlike the, the heat, like the Celtics did, there were moments throughout in watching them through this series where, and through the playoffs where you could feel the boldness slipping away from them. You could, you could almost see the air deflating out of them. And you kind of had this moment of, well, here we go. Even game six, you know, Derek white 
Derek White came there and bailed him out with some like, Agreed. you know, crazy putback. But before that shot, it, it was the Heat who were looking really comfortable well, uh, yeah. down the stretch. And, and all of a sudden, here go to turnovers, here go to mistakes. And there's just this, there was like an unsureness um, that I think permeates a team. And that's not who I actually think these players are. And I, I don't know when that became part of their fabric and, and their DNA, but it's been part of who they've been this season. Because I don't want to make it about coaches. I think the, the great ingredients to a coach being successful first is with continuity. Like you can't give somebody a one-year look and then if that's it, you say, and then have, have the audacity to say you gave them a fair shot. You've got to give them the chance. That's why choosing your coach is important because you're making at minimum a two a two year commitment if you if you really serious three. And I think that Joe Missoula is fantastic. He has obviously a lot to learn. Of course, he's a first year head coach, and there were moments that were clearly exposed that has been widely and loudly talked about. Um, you know, during this series, especially going up against Spo, who is one of the great coaches of all time, but. One thing I would say is that Coach Joe Mazzulla was put in a very tough position to begin with. You know, you come in and they replace somebody who already took him to the finals. They, they replace somebody in the midst of controversy and scandal. You're thrown into a team as a first-time head coach with major expectations, major, uh, major spotlight on them. And, like, you've got to handle all of that. And I also think that they didn't have to make him the head coach midway through the season. They could have kept the interim tag, allowed him to get through the season, and it would have made where we are right now a lot less hot. Right now, it's hot because you've committed to him, and it put extra heat on everybody, the players, Joe, the organization, Brad Stevens. And so I think maybe that's where it put a magnifying glass on Joe in a way that maybe he could have avoided. But now this is the this is what they've dug. This is, you know, this is where they're at. And now you've got to ask yourself, like, what gets shaken up at this point? Because there's still a lot about the Celtics that is elite. And just I feel like just needs the right fine tuning. Or before I hear people saying, blow the whole thing up, I'm like, dang, but when they look good, they look good. You yeah. know? Yeah, and that's the thing. And they, they look good, <laughs> they look good all season and in, in, in moments leading up to, you know, the, the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's just like tweaking. And, and I think those two, both of those guys will, will get better. And, and I, you know, we've seen Jalen Brown. He's gotten better since what happened to them last year. You know, felt like they missed an opportunity. He, he gotten, he's gotten better. I just think it's decision-making. And you just get guys and you get some veterans in their ear, you know, just to kind of coach them through it. And, and they're going to learn from these moments. You can see the hurt. Mm -hmm. Even though he manned up, you can see the hurt in him because he's like, I, I failed. I let my team down, and and I, I have a, I have no problem with it of of him stepping up because yeah, it, it was a huge obviously it was a huge opportunity for him, and I, I think they'll learn. I mean, you 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 said one thing about it. it's like now you have you have to have an offense, a winning offense where it's kind of like yeah, we're up now. We're how do we protect the ball? We want to make sure we get a shot. Um, you know, play. You have you go. To, you have your your your, your pet plays where it's kind of downhill. Doesn't allow you to drive, uh, shoot shots. Because after a while, like you said, they, in Game Six, they were, they were either throwing the ball all over the court or just taking bad shots, and and and, and that's kind of what it was. And that last shot, I, I just want to say about that. It's kind of 
it's it was an unfortunate play, but it's what Derek White did was a counter to what probably every coach is going to tell the guy on the ball to do. You know, usually the best player is coming up up top to get the ball for more space. You very rarely want to run a play, last second play in, in corners where it's tight quarters in case of double team. At least they took it away to making sure Jason Tatum didn't get the ball. At the end of the day, you say, if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown didn't get the ball, we lose to somebody else because you have to pick someone, okay? And the guy I think they would say got the got the ball who took the shot was Marcus Smart. You say we'll live with that long as you know, we didn't lose to our their superstars, okay? Now, while you have uh, Max Struess extending himself like he did, doing what he's supposed to do, Derek White did – that's the counter to it. You cut to the basket because it's either – because easily, if you look at it, Marcus Smart could have easily thrown the ball right back to Derek White for an open jump shot because Max Struess had extended himself denying, you know, so far. So running to the basket, he has a free, free – Free shot at uh, offensive rebound. The only person I thought, in my opinion, that could have, if you go back and look at it, could could have possibly uh, done something about it is Bam. And and I say Bam because he's the best rebounder. He's your big man. You want him going to the rim because all they had to do is knock the ball out of bounds, or knock it in the air, or knock it back, or just tip the ball away. The game's over, and it is a natural reaction. A uh, couple of players, I, I, I've, I've seen a couple of pl- NBA players since then around here, and I asked him about it. He's like, yeah, we're, we're taught, you know, when a shot goes up, find a body. You, that's a, you hear that from coaches, find a body. But sometimes in the big moment, particularly a last-second shot, that's when office, uh, coaches tell guys to crash the boards because our natural reaction is to watch the shot. That's just how it goes, and it was, it was unfortunate. Yeah, and even just the, you know – the inability to consistently defend um, when yeah. they're capable of it. Yeah. The inability to knock down a three and then to hunt the right shots once the three ball isn't going down. And that becomes, it becomes a careful dance too. And I think on part, that's partly the coach's job. It also like, where is the poise of this team that is extremely veteran? They're young in age. Don't forget they've been, you know, at this Eastern conference finals a lot, but they're still like, sub 27 all of them like and but they're experienced so it what's disappointing is the lack of poise um when things got rough the lack of discipline in shot selection and the lack of execution to not execute what they're capable of especially on the defensive end which we often say as players and you say like that's one thing i can control is my defensive effort intensity and habits so for those reasons, you know, that is perplexing and disappointing. And then to go and force a game seven, you got the whole crowd. Like, let me tell you, it was cracking. Like upon being in that in TD Garden, I was starting to recognize something like really special was, was happening here because it, we're, we're about 20 minutes out of the game and I'm looking around, the whole place is filled. And like normally the arenas aren't filled like that, but it's filled. Not only is it filled, everybody's standing, nobody's sitting, everybody's standing. So I already immediately recognize that we're, we're now about 12 minutes out when I recognize that. I recognize something was different was going on. Then they were like playing anything, clips of Derek White's last shot or 
Jason Tatum in the back stretching or an old Celtic alum crowd was going wild cheering for anything like we still 12 minutes out from the game and I was like oh man it's about to be crazy why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook two words Caesar's rewards every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer hotel stays VIP experiences sports and concert tickets and more it's not just an app it's an empire 21 and over, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with the Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to the Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Okay, let's take it to the other side for the Heat because they're the ones that advanced and they're heading to the finals against the Nuggets. And I'm about to get your thoughts on the Heat and the Nuggets. Um, what was most impressive about the run that the Heat have been making from the eight seed play-in to now the NBA Finals? Their poise and their confidence and they're rallying with each other, whether it's on the on the road or at home. You know, I, I you think about I, I think about that that loss to the Hawks in the playing tournament where they didn't they didn't look good at all, and I was like, uh oh, what what what? And then all of a sudden they go on their run, they start making noise, and it's like, okay, they they're here. Then you know <laughs> what they did to the to the Milwaukee Bucks, who at that time I thought was the best team and playing the best basketball. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, man, the way he goes about his business is rather interesting because you don't see this type, this Jimmy Butler all season long, but as it leads, it gets closer to the closer to closer to playoff time. He turns into a different player. Mm. It's a good thing. It's a cool thing to see. And it's pretty, it's, it's, it's great for their team at the end of the day because I, I, I said this because of listening to Gabe Vincent when he was uh, sitting at the table with Shaq and those guys, and he said Jimmy Butler and obviously he said the superstars and the coaching staff has empowered me to play my game, and I don't feel hesitant about anything I do. And I said, and, and people like, oh, man, yeah, giving them that power in the, play, in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, no, that started – in the regular season, Jimmy is Jimmy on special occasions and nights, but all year long, those guys are playing those minutes and feeling comfortable and 
Jimmy making plays for them all year long. You know, not you know, not putting up the big numbers like we're seeing in the playoffs, but at the same time, allowing them to be themselves. Kyle Lowry going down injured, coming back healthy, can get his starting job back, and he says, "No, Gabe, you go ahead. He's he's done great for this team. Let him. I'll come off and man the second unit." All of these things are just little nuggets, little gems that you, you that build up and you cash in come playoff time. And you're getting this, and, and you're, you're getting this performance. Caleb Martin, these guys were going going and playing with zero hesitation. Uh, you know, it, you, you, I right. thought they were in trouble with Tyler Hero going down. Like, where are they going to get the scoring from? Huh. Huh. Jokes on me. Jokes on us. <laughs> Was Caleb Martin they have the Finals MVP? Your uh, your Eastern Conference Finals MVP? Because <laughs> he was he was looking first team All NBA. He was looking first team, yes, All what? NBA. Say, he was getting it done, and he was extremely <laughs> consistent. I thought, I thought he was the savior, he was but I just Eastern I, Conference Finals MVP. Jimmy Ooh. Butler. Okay. Still Jimmy Butler. It's still it's still okay. with Jimmy Butler. But it was kind of like it was kind of like mm, should it be Caleb? Like it was like, and he played that well. And I, I felt like Jim, but Jimmy Butler has been fantastic. All I he, I thought he was the second best player. Well, at, at one point I thought he was well, I thought he was the <laughs> second or third best player at one point when Phoenix with um uh Booker. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker was great in the playoffs. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I, I felt Jokic, Booker, and Jimmy. Yeah. And then once, obviously, Phoenix, it was like Jokic and, and Jimmy for sure. Mm-hmm. And I thought Jimmy was Jimmy fantastic. That first round against the Bucks was the best player in, in the playoffs. After the in the playoffs. This, yeah, these right. are facts. Right, right. And right. I, I just thought, like, you know, but there again, I, I, I felt Jimmy empowered these guys and, and allowed them to still play that way. And after a while, Caleb Martin's like, he's no young, I mean, he's a young guy, but at the same time, and he's doesn't have that much, much experience, but at the same time, he's like, Jimmy needs somebody. Jimmy and Bam need some. And, and like, it was like, like, I'm sure everybody, if you ask anybody, they were like, bro, it could Jimmy, but it could have been Caleb Martin. Like he played at that level and yes, he's going to get paid. Yes, he's going to pay, get paid. Yeah, he's earned it, and so I'm interested to see. Yeah, crazy. man, uh, crazy. And I'm interested to see how things work out. Here's my thing: anytime you 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 know you 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 have your 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 set squad, and potentially another player comes back. Yes, Tyler Hero, you know, could possibly come back. How do you use and utilize him with the momentum and what's going on? I I'm. I, I feel like Tyler has sat back and had seen the success and feel like, hey, I'll come off the bench and play my limited minutes. But we've if seen ready, teams. If he's ready, would you want? Would how would you use him? I will use him sparingly early. First of all, let him get his legs and his feet back wet to this league and in the speed, and then we'll just see how it progresses. If he's playing well, he's in the rotation. But I'm not throwing them back into my starting unit okay. immediately unless we have to make adjustments. Let's right. make an adjustment where we throw something different out there. Then maybe. But I'm not. I'm if it, I'm not. Duncan, I'm not messing Duncan up what's get working. Affected by this? Does you know? Like I, I feel like he was a beneficiary of Tyler going down. Yes, but I think that he's he's earned the right to play in the rotation. He was huge for them. 
uh, you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals where that is a weapon of yours. And if you notice, they used the zone to protect him. Mm-hmm. You know, they play, they play, play zone. And, and at times when they played man, he didn't, he was, I mean, there was sometimes he got beat like straight line drives. Cool. That's, that's what it is. But yeah. coach Spo did a great job of kind of mixing the zone when the end. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's coming. That's cool. Boston, you know, it's coming, but can you stop it? And they couldn't, <laughs> they could, right. I mean, can you beat it? Can you beat it? They couldn't right. beat they it. Couldn't. So and it really slowed Boston down the use of the zone. Uh, right. Cause and- you could, cause they couldn't play their one-on-one ISO ball. They had to right. kind of move the ball to get into the paint, to, you know, or force your way into it. And they were turning it over and they were just getting open threes and open threes. Like Kyle, right. they got the one three where, Kyle Lowry's on the transition. He had Caleb Martin ahead. You probably remember this play. And Duncan Robinson trail. He stops. He looks at Duncan Robinson and throws it to Caleb Martin wide open in the corner. That's off a turnover out of the zone. You know, it's just like. Yeah, right. The turnovers out of the zone, especially, <laughs> were, were really opportunistic for, for the Heat. But there were points where Caleb Martin, I mean, you talk about open shots. Caleb was defended. He was hounded. Yeah. He was hitting yeah. step back, fade away, Jordan-esque mid-range jumpers. <laughs> Literally, I was sitting next to, like, I sit next to the PR of, of each team, like, um, right, right around the the second row or middle of the court, and we were just looking mm-hmm. at each other, just having a good giggle. Like, what? <laughs> like, this is starting to get crazy. Like, confidence but, is like, a mug, man. In, in a, in a, not, not in a negative, like a positive way. Like, bro, you mm-hmm. should go. You should do it. You should run for president right now. Like, yeah, confidence like, is a mug, man, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a confident. Caleb Martin, you're seeing a confident Duncan Robinson. It's like he, this dude didn't play. He was out of the rotation, and to out be professional and to be talk, talk about uh, real quick because this is from uh, Mark Spears. There was a tweet put out. He went undrafted. This is Caleb Martin undrafted in 2019. Um, you know, it was with the Hornets. Was waived by the Hornets in 2021. J Cole, nice story. You know, ended up training out at J Cole's gym in North Carolina and J Cole calls Karan Butler and was like, Hey, there's, you know, my guy, Caleb's really good at ball. Um, so then he signs a two way contract with the heat. Mind you last season in game seven, he had a DNP playing in the Eastern conference finals against the Celtics. So he didn't even play. He didn't even see the court this year. He could have been the final, the Eastern conference finals MVP game seven. So 2022 in July, he gets a three year, $20 million contract. And then he becomes a hero in the playoffs. You know what friends, there were a lot of great stories in these, in this Eastern conference finals. You just, you, you be a star in your role. You stay ready. You stay Listen ready. To Listen to that. Ross. He's three years, 20 million. They got this man playing like this on a discount. Discounted. You know, sometimes I see contracts for teams that have won a championship or whatever, and I'm like, that's old money at this point. Like, you know, people will look at the number because we're still not getting used to what these new contracts are going to look like. And you're like, that's so much. This is what they owe them. Like, he's made that money and then some already in his role to to the finals. I don't care how Abe the results Abe will get paid. All these guys. That's what I'm about to say. I hope regardless of the result, the ending result of this playoffs, whether Miami wins it or loses it, I hope the organization Miami Heat goes back to the table and they redo um, Caleb's contract. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, he earned that man. And he also like a lot of these guys like Gabe Vincent, you know, like Caleb, committed to the culture of the Heat. And I'll tell a story. I told this earlier. Um, 
why? See, we talked about the unsureness in the Celtics. And I look at them and I'm like, why? You know, given all that they have the potential to be, why aren't they able to stand up to that and be and be that when 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 it matters? Mm-hmm. Then I look at the Heat and I'm like, well, why are so many of these role players looking having out of body experiences and looking like, you know, first team all NBA guys out there. And I think it really starts organizationally from the top. And I think it starts, you know, I think Jimmy's confidence is big. I think Spo and the way that he not only like, obviously is a great X's and O's coach and can adjust on the fly. It was actually, I did a report, Karan Butler was telling me like what, what makes Spo different is that he can adjust on the snap on the spot. He doesn't need to go at halftime and then He's willing to do it. That's why. There's and, a lot of coaches I play for that's not willing to do that. Or can't even recognize it. They'd need a night, you know, to watch film or to, to wait till halftime. But he's doing instantaneously. But even beyond that, Doris Burke and I were talking about it because before every game, we get to talk with the coaches um, right before the broadcast. So we're mm-hmm. talking with Spo and his way of humanizing the game and recognizing your just concerns what what might actually be going through your head and heart as a player as a human being and then putting it to word and then putting it to something that you can hold on to and like channel within the game is crazy i'm gonna tell you what he said i am paraphrasing so i will not be as eloquent as his but you'll feel it like he literally was talking to us after the uh heat Derek white hits that shot they lose three in a row they're heading to boston for a game seven and how does the team emotionally rebound from that and come into that ready, not only to win, but be so dominant in that way. And he was talking about pregame pregame. He said he, he wanted the guys to embrace all that comes with this moment, all of the challenge and the motion and the emotions that come with it. Um, and to, to be with it, like not try to avoid it or hide from it. Like he talked about the fragility of winning, how fragile victory is. And that he told his players like, you have to be okay with the vulnerability that comes with going for it, putting yourself out there to go for it in front of everyone, for everyone to see and judge you and be okay with what that feels like. And he wanted them to embrace all that comes with it and the discomfort that comes with the quest that they were on and like understand that it's there and be with it and and embrace it. And I was just like, whoa you know like that's life advice you know forget about the game advice and talk about getting these guys like again to keep coming back to the celtics anytime it became crunch time you immediately saw that those guys were not uh they weren't 100 percent sure but you looked at the heat and, and you know each series for the heat was different the buck series was jimmy butler high-flying offense 50-point games the Knicks series was more of a grind series and then this series against the Celtics was a depth series. It was about role players. It was the Caleb Martin game. It was the Duncan Robinson game. It was the Gabe Vincent game. And like, you know, the, the Celtics had enough depth of defender to really kind of st- stimmy Jimmy Butler because they had mad different looks that could go at him. It was hard for him. Mm-hmm. But they still were able to have these out-of-body experiences from like Caleb and Gabe. And, and I think that starts from the top down. That starts from the mentality down that these guys are able to do that. It was absolutely the stuff that will give you goosebumps. And I think this is all part of what makes Coach Spolstra, his intensity, his humanity, his um, f- 
ferocity. You should see this man in a huddle. And of course, his intelligence as a coach that makes him one of the greats, you know? And and I want to add to that. And, and, and there again, I'm, I'm going to give Jimmy some, some love as well as bad, but I'm gonna give Jimmy some love mostly about what I said earlier about regular season, allowing these guys to do so because Yes, they, they, you could see the attention that Jimmy was getting from the Boston Celtics, whether it was from uh, Grant Williams or <laughs> anybody else of, of their defenders. Yeah, everybody but they had they had to change their look when Duncan Robinson hitting shots, Caleb Martin going crazy, Gabe Vincent getting crazy, uh, Kyle Lowry just having his moments here and there. Like when different mm-hmm. guys, like you said, have moments, they, they had to go from that. So it's, it's because of the confidence and – uh, being empowered by Jimmy from the regular season and yeah. into the playoffs where they feel like, oh, man, I got to save my man by knocking down shots. I got to yeah. get going. I got to make sure I'm in his his window so he can see me when this double team comes, knock down shots. Because what it started doing, the the double teams turned into stab back and get, get, get oh, I got to get back to my man because he hitting shots. And that's what it did. And that would made things easier for Jimmy. Like game six, he was bad. Jimmy was bad. He couldn't hit a shot. But guess what? All of those other guys were playing well. Caleb Martin, obviously, was hitting shots. And then he was able to get free in the fourth quarter and late in the game to be Jimmy. We that's that's all you want as a player. I've always said this, and I always tell like these young stars, I'm like, get your guys going early. Get your guys because you're gonna need them late. You know, Trey, Trey and I used to argue about it all the time, particularly his his rookie year. I'm like, you gotta get these guys because if these guys are hitting shots. And they're rolling. The fourth quarter is easy for you because they have a decision to make. Either they're going to keep double teaming you and you're going to get a, a 25 assists because these guys are hitting shots or they're going to kind of get hesitant. And the natural reaction or reality is as a player, I'm not about to get, get my head bust by this guy because coach said, oh, we got to get here. And this dude keeps hitting shots. It's just, no, I'm, you know, those stunts get a little shorter and shorter because I want to get closer to my guy. And now mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, who's great with the pump fake in the pass fake, it was now drive, 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 fake the pump. Ah, I got a layup because those guys right. are hitting shots. You know, it was just crazy. Right. And that's all I think. It's a, it's a, it's a tip of the hat to Jimmy Butler for, 100%. for, for what he, the, what he, the groundwork that he laid early, and those guys understood it. Kick your feet up, you can find us on all platforms And that forms to be the hottest on them platforms Your family now, got to listen to what we talking about The VC Show, let's go, it's time to turn it out The VC Show, let's go, let's go The VC What are they going to do with Jokic, Vince? What can the Heat do against Nikola Jokic? <laughs> here's 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 the here's the crazy thing about that you know I, and we talked about you know to nauseum about um Jokic and ad whoever wins that matchup will you know will probably have a lot of success and win will come out victor in that uh matchup and i what, think this is good. what you mean Jokic ad anthony davis lakers you know and oh, I, oh. I look at it now as far as guarding or you know making Jokic's guard. And it's going to be the same type of thing. I don't think Bam is the same kind of player as AD. Well, he's not yeah. as far as offensively. And even defensively, like he's darn good. And he's super athletic. But, you know, he's giving up height and weight. So I think Miami's going to have to play fast. And you're going to have to throw bodies out. They're going to have to scramble around because you allow Jokic to have his way. And, and I think they're going to have a decision to make. Either you're going to let Jokic have big nights and not allow – 
the triple double nights because if he's getting triple doubles, that means multiple guys are having good nights also while he's playing well. You can't allow him to have 30, 35 point triple doubles. You know, that's that means three or four guys are having good nights as well, not just Jokic and Murray. Those guys are gonna do their thing, but maybe you know, I think we'll see maybe a try where you allow Jokic to go ahead and do his thing long as KCP's not getting threes because they're they're big on not allowing three-point shots already. Miami Heat defense, so maybe you, you stay out there so you don't let Bruce Brown have a big night. You don't allow, well, most are, more, more so KCP and Ke- um, Michael Porter Jr. Not allowing those guys to kill you from the three because if they're hitting threes, that, that means that paint is wide open. Yeah. Because you got to close out to those guys, so I, I I'm interested to see what approach they take first. You you wouldn't dare play Jokic straight up, I don't think. Uh, particularly when you don't have a lot of bigs. Well, no, you don't have any bigs. They don't play any bigs. I think for Bam, you're gonna have to play defense, scramble, whatever, and Bam has to play fast. I think what's great for mm-hmm. them is Bam's ability to rebound and start the offense. Right. That means Jokic has to get back. While he's getting back, now Bam can go into dribble handoffs. Jokic can't do both. Yeah. So, you, you know, don't. you're going to have to put him in those situations because other than that, man, if you're not getting that dude in foul trouble and off the floor, eh, good luck. Yeah, and when the Heat really looked a little bit, um, you know, out of sorts, it was when they couldn't run their offense through Bam because the, the paint was so crowded. You know, to your point, Bam in space uh, is is the game changer. Um, and he does make nice decisions to either facilitate or that's when he's going to catch you for a foul or finish or make the right play there. So, you know, what what are going to be the, the the defensive tactics, you know, the, the nuggets will use to soak up space um, from everybody? And then I think, you know, the, the zone shakes up a lot of teams. One, it takes away their pace. Two, it often puts you in positions to have to make the right decision on which types of threes to hunt. And, um, you know, three, it changes if a team's not but, disciplined, it changes who who they run their offense through and how they want to get to their points. And like, I think obviously the Nuggets are really strong, you know, when Jokic is a, is a playmaker. And that's what I'm saying. He, he you, I put him at the free throw line or somewhere in the zone. And let him – obviously, you know, the weakest spot of a zone is in the middle. So I'm making sure I'm flashing Jokic from different areas. Sometimes from the top of the key, go turn, boom, I play through him. He finds guys or his – you know, he can, he shoots the heck out of that free throw jump line jump shot. I bring him in off the baseline or different places just to get him in the middle of the floor and start finding guys because there again, if he gets the ball in the middle of the zone, that's Bam who's going to now have to guard him one-on-one because you wouldn't dare – usually – Against zones, particularly in the NBA, when the ball is in the middle, they typically go to man there. Well, that that will be the opportunity for Jokic to have Bam one-on-one and not see the double teams unless, you know, they choose to double team him at the middle of, in the middle of the floor, which he's a great passer. So you, you yeah. can't show you can't show a great player the same look often because he's gonna pick you apart. So look for look for the heat to, to switch up their defenses frequently. Yeah. Oh, and they've done that throughout. One thing I will say about the Nuggets, though, you know, I, I was joking on I was joined somebody's show and uh, I was joking earlier. It's almost like a, a chip off. Both of these teams are coming into the to the series saying you people never believed in us. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, y'all counted us out. Oh, you never talk about us. Oh, we fly under the radar. Well, here both of y'all are Nuggets. Here you are, center stage. Here you are. He, you know, knocked off the number one seed. The best team in the NBA was the Bucks. 
Heat knocked them off. Then they went through the Celtics, which was arguably two, if not the Nuggets, in my in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Now you got the Nuggets, who, by the way, do not sleep on. This is a team that is has a, a, a diversity of defender. Mm-hmm. Um, they have much more grit to them than they've had in the past. They've shown the ability to win gritty. Um, they are better and more committed on the defensive end. They are have shooters and can stretch it. They obviously have a generational ta- talent in Jokic. And they have a closer. They have a guy with Kobe-like instinct in Jamal Murray, um, who really is that guy and looks and, and feels comfortable. I cover a lot of West Coast games. So when, when people were going to sleep, you know, after the first East Coast game, that's usually the game I was on. I had a lot of nuggets this season. Nothing about them running through, you know, the playoffs and sweeping the Lakers. None of that surprised me. I was like, that would have been your fatal mistake if you were, you know, having an emotional letdown after defeating the Warriors. And maybe you thought you were going to walk through the, the nuggets. That was your mistake. The Nuggets have been that. And, well, not they have, have – I'll say that better. They haven't been that, but they are that this season. And it took getting healthy and improving after years and also and, brilliant play of Jokic and also the way Michael Malone has put his players in good position. So I think, I, I think that um, this is a very tough challenge, a very complete Nuggets team that's very good. My main concern for them is they've been resting for like a week and change and – I just literally left the the heat. Like, yeah, they they got fatigue, but they also are like foaming at the mouth dogs. Like they're dogs right now. Like they're what I wouldn't even want the heat to have a week off. Like I'm afraid if they took a month off, like is Caleb Martin still going to be all first all team? Fire, right. Facts. Is would, would the pump would the carriage <laughs> turn into a pumpkin with the glass slipper fall off and all this be over? Because what, what I'm seeing right here, they should never stop. They should go right straight into finals. They're exactly where they need to be. I'm worried. I hope that the time off doesn't affect the uh, the intensity of the Nuggets. But this is their first opportunity, Ross. Like, they, they, I just can't imagine Denver letting this opportunity slip away. Particularly so who do you have first. winning? Who do you have winning? I, 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 I got Denver right now. I did. You got Denver. And how many? Hey, wait. Let me give it. Shout out to Aaron Gordon. Who's Shout been, out to Aaron Gordon! You yeah. know, real quick, because this guy, man, he bring him in and he made an adjustment. Being the man in, in, in Orlando, coming there, falling in line, and being a huge, huge factor to their team, uh, you know, defensively taking the toughest defender. I thought he, you know, what he did in, in the closeout game versus the Lakers, yes, LeBron went crazy. He went crazy in the first half. But he made LeBron work, 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 work for what he got to wear him down. And I thought Aaron has has made the sacrifice for the good of that team. He's taken the challenge defensively guarding. I'm talking about guys smaller than him, guys bigger than him, fast, whatever, and done a great job and has made it easier for everyone else. Jamal just go out there and ball. Uh, um, Michael Porter just go out there and be a shooter and score and not have to, you know, garner that 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 challenge. I got it. I got yeah. it, and still played well. You know, yeah, his his offense is going to sacri- uh, going to going to take a hit a little bit because he's, you're guarding some great offensive players, but it's okay. And he, you know, game four was 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 great for him. You know, not only did he play well uh, off uh, defensively, he did he played well offensively. Now, Denver in ah man, that's tough. Now that's tough. That's tough because um, you can't count out the Heat. And I'm not counting them out for sure. I, I still I think it's going to get to to six. 
You think you'll get me six? So Denver I is. Think, yeah. I, I feel you in that too. I, I, I can't see that. five. I see six. Something you know at this point, with as much as I've covered the Heat in this postseason, I should know better than to bet against them. And after seeing the way they beat down the toughness, that you know, this series was about toughness too. They tough. I wouldn't put it past them to make this a, a, a great series, but I truly do believe that the Nuggets. Um, are having a special year and and that Jokic in his own way has something he wants to 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 achieve and uh um, say he wants to prove also like he yeah, wants to prove I, yeah know, that was know, that should have been mine that third one yeah yeah you know he won't admit that but he's he got the instinct know. in him he got the instinct in him all right so real quick so who will win finals MVP before we go we just talked about him Jokic. Oh, Jokic. <laughs> and, 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 Jamal Murray also coming through. With I was just about to say, and maybe yeah. it could be where maybe we're looking at like, ooh, Jamal Murray with Jokic. I just feel like Jam- I think Jamal's going to have his special games, but we're going to look at Jokic like, bro, another triple-double like this, like that's and, – and it's one of those things where if Jokic wasn't on the court, Jamal would be it. But, like, he's just doing a little better. It's like Anthony Davis had the great – Game one at 42 points, but Jokic had a 35-point triple-double. Like, he's playing at that level. So, yeah. Okay. Well, then, I don't think – I think, you know, these are all pretty safe bets. We didn't say nothing controversial. Maybe I should go out on a limb and say, you know, look, Gabe Vincent, man. (laughs) I don't know. Like, you don't even know what the heat. It could be the Duncan Robinson series. Like, the fate of the finals rests on the back of Caleb Martin. But oh, and Gabe Vincent, I think Gabe Vincent's gonna Gabe have a Vincent, huge. Nigel. Uh, yeah, Nigel, he's gonna have Nigerians. He's gonna have a huge role in this because I think if he plays well offensively, he's making Jamal Murray have to guard. Hopefully, if you would, wearing him down. So we shall see. We shall, we see. shall see. I'm I'm walking with you because I gotta go. I got a car outside. Right, I got flights to catch. Well, there you go, party people. Roz, Roz got to go. She got things to do. We appreciate you guys as always. Hey, check Roz out doing her thing at the finals. And uh, yeah, we'll check back in to you with you guys talking about what we've seen so so far in the finals. All right, y'all all be right. good. The VC show. Let's go. We let's out. go.